Thomas Ross Parry. <laughs> That's what I always... Matthew Stephen Boyle. Is your name some kind of joke to you? Uh, no, I just... Because you always do that. I know. Yeah, well, it's just become the thing to do when you start the podcast. Am I the, am I the only person that actually calls you by your, your shortened and full name at the same time? Because yeah. I don't call you... Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I, I just have fun saying Tom Ross. It's just yeah. like Bob it, Ross, isn't it? Well, actually, my, my parents would yeah. call me that but think, the, at some it, point. If, if you're in trouble, was it just like, oh, no, my PlayStation 2 games shelves collapse and there's PS2 games all over the floor? Would it be like Quite Thomas? With the weight oh, of those 300-odd PS2 games. Oh, Christ. <laughs> 300 PS2 games. 348. Christ. I've got 280-something. <laughs> but as we've discussed in this podcast, soon, grav slightly less. It's Tom and Matt Attack. See how oh, I masterfully turned that rambling that was, conversation into a segue. I didn't know where you were going. I didn't I either. I thought the weeks of no podcast had left you rusty and you had not a clue what no, to say. No, Tom Parry, sharp. <laughs> sharp is this Matt Boyle. This is how it goes. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. Thanks. Yeah, it's very hot here in Denmark. I'm it regretting is. not wearing shorts today. Uh, but, you know, what can you do when they need to go in the wash? But that's how it goes. You are wearing a black Pokemon um, Uniqlo t-shirt, though. Black is not good for the heat, It is, is it? not, but it's got a very attractive Gengar, Gengar design on it. Who designed this? By our good friend Cody. Cody. Yeah, one of the guys we work with uh, designed yeah. it and got his Uniqlo t-shirt It's through. not surly, it's curly. I think Cody curly. Cody curly, okay. But that just doesn't sound right, does it, when you say it out loud? Well, I mean, it's so it goes. I'm sure yeah. someone looks at the surname, uh, well, no, probably not Parry, maybe Boyle, yeah. and goes, Boyla? Well, people just call <laughs> me know. Perry. That's true, They yeah. don't recognise that Parry's a surname. No. And, uh, I don't know what it is, maybe Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, yeah, I'm maybe. I'm trying to think of the most famous Perry. I mean, he's got a good first name, that's all I can really say, so yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I have one of those t-shirts as well. I haven't it's, had a chance to wear it yet, because as you say, it's very it's warm in Denmark at the moment. I'm sweating, I, yeah. It's got a shadowy Gengar today, on it. But I am a fan of the Pokemon Gengar. I will probably also wear it when I go to do the Team Rocket thing in a minute, because alas, Tom Parry, I am back on the Pokemon Go train. Well, I'm very much back on the Pokemon Let's Go train. I've oh. been playing a lot of that game lately. Yeah, there's a bit of a competition going on at the minute. There's several people here in Denmark playing it. I have several friends of ours. Uh, so, yeah, that just gives you the incentive to go back to it, level yes. up the Pokemon, and then you end up catching Pokemon, because in Pokemon Let's Go, of course, when you catch Pokemon, you're also levering leveling up yes so uh just been trying to collect all the pokemon as well and gotta catch them all get a strong team yeah mm. i i do need to look into it though i don't think you can i wanted to know if you could transfer pokemon from let's go pikachu and mm. eb to pokemon go i don't think so but i don't it, think you it can works it's the other way it's a one-way street mm, yeah this right, is how yeah. i understood it because yeah. i would i would like a kangaskhan and a, a taurus because alas you they are well what you find uh, some pokemon go friends because Thomas Parry, Taurus uh, is exclusive to the American. Um, I don't really know if any of our Australian colleagues play Pokemon Go or if they've been home 
in the past. You're really into Pokemon Go by the sounds of it. You want to get all them Pokemon. I just honestly, I just want to get the original 250, and I'm not that far off at the moment. Um, I need five from Kanto, so I need um, Kangaskhan, Taurus, and the three legendary birds because alas, I didn't do raids when they were on. Um, Me too. I have now though because they they put him in a raid. In the lead up to did these, you get team. the armored Mewtwo. I did get the armored Mewtwo. Is that hard to get? That? I heard it's hard. You to have get. to go to raids, which is yeah. for those of you who have not played Pokemon Go. Though I, I, I do think a large majority of our listening audience have probably at least dabbled in it. Uh, essentially, what Pokemon Go has is now raids where you have to go out into the real world and meet a load of people. Oh, the real world, exactly. Meet people. <laughs> it was a, it was a very strange, it's a wonderful thing. I experience think. though, to be honest with you, because. I've been finding that a lot of the the towns here in Denmark, and I know it's also true for like different regions. I know there's some one for my hometown in the UK, and some for different areas of London and whatever. Mm. But there's a, a Facebook group for like local areas, and then people will say, "Hey, there's a raid at this time. I'm going to this raid. Are you going?" Mm. And then people just go like, "I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming." And so people go there in groups of friends. I went with some of our colleagues to the Mewtwo raids. And then other people just literally turn up on your own, which I've done as well. And it was, it was very interesting because there were people from all walks of life and all different ages there. They, my my wife, Marta, was quite surprised to see there were people clearly in their 60s and 70s, like older people who... No, I, I'm aware that older people also play Pokemon Go. But I, I was just very surprised by yeah, yeah. by the number and the, the diversity in the age ranges. And well, most people, people have a phone. Well, that's true. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was very odd. Though. I have a phone that I can't play Pokemon Go on. I don't, <laughs> no. There you are. So I got there and it was, uh, it, I think it was about two weeks ago, they were doing a thing where I was like, right, okay, we're going to do increased number of Mewtwo raids between 6 and 7 o'clock in the evening. So it was like, get you, we're going to start at this one and then we're going to walk around all of Vila for the next hour. Do you do it all in raids. silence? Do you talk to each other? What's yeah, the deal? that's the Is thing, that the man. Weird like, the first thing was, like, there was some guy who was clearly like an admin or an organiser who'd done this before and yeah. he sp- said in Danish, like, right, <laughs> Instinct, Vala, Mystic, which are the three teams. Like divided the area up where to stand with your team. Oh, because you have if you to stand with no, you team. don't. But if you're in the same if you're in the same team, you get extra balls and therefore extra attempts to catch me. You have to have a, a bit of balls to go there. You have to place. have a bit of balls to go there. But that's the if thing. If you're going to be ordered around by people, a man. No, I mean he wasn't like militant. I think he was just trying to help people. <laughs> okay, I've just been okay. He quick, sounded very you know? stern when you uh, he, said it. Because <laughs> he did. I just think he's just a very serious bloke. But I think that was just the best way to start it because okay. otherwise people. Just yeah, you around. have to have somebody to get people organised. Yeah, but then it was literally after that then, people were just walking around these stops and like the group would split off. They've got clearly the people who were militant that they were like, right, I'm going to get to all these raids today. I'm going to beat all these Mewtwo's and I'm going to catch as many as I can. Wow. And they just had more casual players, which I was. Uh, I didn't really speak to anyone because I was feel a bit self-conscious on mm. my own with those events, especially if it's well, just people speaking Danish. Say hi. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll acknowledge people. But... smile. I walked around and yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then last weekend they have a, a thing every month called Community Day, where they for like three hours on a Sunday they increase the amount of spawns. And last week was Mudkip, so you could not oh, lo- say that again, man. Mudkip. Very good. You can get loads of Mudkips. <laughs> uh, you can also get shiny Mudkips. And uh, <laughs> mudkip. yeah, caught a load of Mudkips. It was quite ha- quite ha- fun. Are you a fan of Mudkip? 
I, I, I do like a mudkip. Um, Entai, <laughs> a mudkip in the afternoon. The fire dog from yeah. uh, Silver and Gold was one of the legendary Pokemon's a couple of weeks ago before the He's Mewtwo a cool raid. Pokemon. He is. I like all of the dogs. Um, and when we went to do that, I was trying to battle a raid for an Entai, and I could also see there was a mudkip, which at the time I didn't have. I was like, oh no, oh god, it's like a Sophie's choice of like, do I go for the Entai raid and miss out on that, or do I get the mudkip? There's loads of mudkips. There was last weekend, but usually they're pretty rare. Okay. So last week's uh, community day made up for that, so I caught it. There we go. That's my Pokemon Go talk. Wow. At the moment, uh, Team Rocket is around, which is why I want to go into town. They've taken over the Pokestops, which are the... There are ma- there are areas on your map that have got little like markers on them. They're usually things like statues or cultural yeah. things. And then you spin them and you get Pokeballs and things to play the mm, game with. Of course, yeah. At the moment, Team Rocket has taken over them all, mm. which means they've all got like shadow Pokemon, if you remember, like yes. Pokemon Coliseum on the uh, on yeah. GameCube. And XD. I and think XD, yeah. Thing. It's got the... They've got like weird dark eyes they're not as cool as the ones in xd though they're not no. like different versions of the pokemon they just, they just like got red eyes they got red eyes and like a glowing aura to them and you have to purify them after it mm, i guess them. in xd they didn't have as many pokemon no, as they're in pokemon well, go nowadays i mean probably i don't know yeah but i've I... never played xd I, i've played a bit of coliseum and thought oh this mode's a bit yeah pants. uh fair enough bother with that um <laughs> so. d- yeah, it's a bit odd, though, because Team Rocket's only got certain Pokemon. At least they did the first day. All I ran into was, like, Bulbasaur's and things. Interestingly enough, they've also increased the amount of spawns now around uh, to be Team Rocket-themed. Mm. So there's just lots of Ekans and coughing mm. and Meowth and things okay. around. Yeah, Which is kind of all right. Like, uh, admittedly, there are shiny Pokemon versions of those, and if you get shiny Ekans, it evolves into an Arbok that's gold and looks quite cool. Wow. However, it's just like, oh yeah, but I've... this is kind of taking away some of my enjoyment of the game, because I've already got all these Pokemon. I've had them for three years. Like, mm. I, I look and I'm like, okay, I click on you, you're, shi- you're not shiny, I click off, and then bomb with my day. It kind of it disrupts my enjoyment of the game a yeah. little bit. Too However... Many. What Team Rocket are doing on the Pokemon Stops is kind of introducing trainer battles to Pokemon Go. So you can actually fight against Team Rocket and then you get prizes mm. for winning as well as an attempt to get their Pokemon. So, so when you're fighting, do you have uh, four moves as normal? Uh, no, or? you don't. Pokemon Go takes a slightly different strategy. It's not like selection-based. You mm. have one move, which is like your passive move. So whenever you're in a battle, you just tap on the screen. And then it used to be you had a special move that you would touch the bottom of a screen once this indicator had filled up kind of like a limit break in final fantasy uh but now since um harry potter wizards unite has come out niantic has taken some of those things they put into that game and put them back into pokemon go so when you are fighting people your special moves now aren't just tap or you can also like swipe left and swipe right to try and dodge but to be honest you i find it a bit pointless Okay, um, so it's a basic yeah, thing. But they, the, I guess he didn't want to do exactly the same as the main No, but the special game. moves now have a... You press the button and then like icons appear on the screen. So you've got to tap things. You either like swipe mm. gestures or you've got to draw oh. circles. All right, okay. So it's a bit more involved. A bit more to it. Mm. Yeah, which is nice because to be honest, you just passively tap in yeah, the Yeah, I didn't exactly boring. know how that works. So thanks for the explanation. It's okay. That's cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go beat up some Team Rocket people. Hopefully get some nice Pokemon out of it. It'll be all right. Well, good luck, Matthew. Thank you, Tom. Uh, on the subject of Pokemon, if you're not bored of Pokemon already, I was at a 
trading card game event the other day. Cool, blind me. Relevant to this conversation. Got to trade them uh, all. I, yep, yeah, I can recommend going to these pre-release events. Um, Unified Minds is the latest expansion from the in Pokemon trading <laughs> card game. That's a really deep name for a Pokemon Unif- expansion. Unified Minds. Yeah, sexy, isn't it? Last one, was it Unbroken Bonds, the last one? Okay, well, yeah. if, they, if they had Pokemon the Power of Friendship yet. <laughs> or... <laughs> no. Well, there is the power of us. That was uh, one of the more recent movies. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So uh, that's a great event, and you get a lot of cards. It was 220 krona to enter into this. You got given a total of seven booster packs and some extra cards to make a 40-card deck. Yeah. Uh, well, you initially, you only get the four extra boosters. You get the three others later, so you can't use them to make the deck. Uh, then you play a series of five matches, and you play with 40 cards as opposed yeah. to the normal uh, 60 and then yeah it's just your win ratio and then you find out the champion is and you don't get anything at a pre-release for no. winning just the glory oh that's interesting usually at uh the only pre-release i've ever been to get. is magic the gathering yeah. and they generally have a special promo card that you're given for winning initially that was what the organizers thought until they later looked it up and realized they didn't get any special cards or play players mats. That was also yeah. meant to be the, the prize. Uh, because at this type of event, it's not a thing. Okay. Apparently in, in Pokemon, at least. Interesting. Uh, so our friend Cody, who designed the T-shirt I'm wearing right now, he won. Oh, congratulations, yes, Cody. Against, uh, there were a couple of um, more uh, experienced trainers there who'd participated in uh, tournaments. Yeah. I think Cody's pretty experienced, but I guess these guys had played in, in the big leagues. In the big leagues. So I think for, uh, yeah, to win against these guys, and that's well, pretty impressive. I came fifth out of a total of 13, I think, yeah. people. Uh, so, yeah, I would recommend that for anyone who's into card games. If you're not into Pokemon and you like good card games, yeah. do give the Pokemon trading card game a go because it is a very deep strategic game, which is... Unlike some others, quite easy to pick up. I do like it. To be honest mm. with you, had I realised that the pre-release was actually a draft, mm. I probably would have gone with you guys because mm. I like that format in Magic yeah. the Gathering. Great day out. And uh, maybe unlike the Pokemon Go events, you do actually have to speak to people. Well, I mean, you, you do you do generally at the Pokemon Go events. Uh, I'm not that I the... got to know anyone particularly well. No. But uh, it's a nice community feel yes. to them. Um it was mostly younger kids playing, though. There were we were definitely among the oldest. Yeah. There, so I don't know if that is the demographic for the trading card game. It's I... not quite the same as the the phone thing because everyone's got a mobile. I, I think, yeah. to be honest with you, I think the the range for the Pokemon card game is pretty broad. Also, however, I do think that a lot of people, much like Magic the Gathering. Uh, if they're in Denmark because they want to play with the serious players, they'll mm. go to Copenhagen for pre-releases. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was in Aarhus. Denmark, yeah, and these is... these have only just started happening in yeah. Aarhus, Denmark, relatively recently within the last year. Yeah, so, it's still the second biggest city. It is here in Denmark. It but is, but still, also, in comparison to Copenhagen, it's not. I think it's just word of mouth also that yeah. these have only just started recently sure. in this chain in Aarhus. So I'm I'm, I'm part of the masters division. Because Ooh, la, la. I'm of a certain age group. Yes. Yeah, that's how they separate the... Yes. The, the youngest kid there had to take part with everyone else because there was only one in yeah. his bracket. So that felt a little unfair and I felt a little bit mean beating him. I tried to be nice about it. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> but uh, it's all fun. It's all not about the winning, is it? Pokemon cards, it's not about Tom winning, Parry. it's about... 
having a good time and I hope everybody had a good time. You get cards. You get cards. You get. I got a card that was worth a lot of money uh, yeah. at one of my boosters. Are um, you going to sell it though? I think probably. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't blame you if it's worth like hundred quid. Then yeah. Why not? Hundred dollars. Not quite. That's not quite hundred quid. Yeah. But, uh, still. It's still the most valuable Pokemon card I think I've ever owned. Yeah. Yeah. So I might just have to. I've never sold a card. I mean, how do you pack it? How do you pack a card if you're sending it to somebody? Do you just put it in a, an envelope? So <laughs> you no what a I, padded envelope. Right, how you know, I, I how I have received cards in the past when I was still playing Pokemon cards yeah. with you guys, I would get a. They would generally come. You can buy like plastic card oh, hard protectors, like hard card, ones. Yeah. I thought that would probably. You be the put way them to in go. those, and then they were wrapped in cling film, and then they were wrapped in cardboard to create like a buffer around the edges. Absolutely. As well. So make sure it's well packed. Yeah, Don't I, worry if you do decide to buy a car from me. I'll make sure it's well packed. Tom Parry got you covered. Yeah. Literally, your card will be covered. <laughs> so about video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, Pokemon Go, I guess it's kind of. A video game. It is a video I game, mean, isn't it? It's is always it? the trading card game. There are there is an app version of it. It's which a game, is an online game. It's it relevant. Is a, a theoretical <laughs> board game, anyways. And then yeah. there's also the the Game Boy Color games. Like we're not straying too far from the path, Tom. I don't think no, anyone no, listening think to this podcast. Unless you really dislike Pokemon, you've probably turned off by now. Well, I mean that's <laughs> fair. But it, it beats the thing we usually talk about, which is the Yakuza series. Guess how oh, no, I've no, been playing no. Tom Fowry Judgment? Way! Uh, no, I well, won't get... Didn't you say that you were going to give us your judgment on Judgment on the um, next podcast, which was how many weeks ago? I, this is the next podcast. <laughs> Am I breaking that rule? No, I'm not. No. Um. Anyways, I played... A, through it? A subs- have you... I have not no. beaten it. I've played, no. this, I've played almost 30 hours of that game. Oh. Um, just because I've been doing all the, the side quests and everything else. Um, and you have a life. And, <laughs> well, it's also just been, it's just taken me a long, long time to get through it. And I'm generally only playing, like, maybe an hour or two every couple of nights. So mm, I'm sure. just yeah. slowly making my way through all the sub-stories. There are lots of people around the town that you can make friends with. And... I like the story a lot. Uh, I will say that I can't remember if I mentioned this last time, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself. I do think some of the detective things do kind of get in the way. I've heard this criticism. I've heard the stalking people taking photos of them is is a bit awkward. Yeah, it's not very enjoyable. And Mm. I mean... And you do quite a lot of it, is that right? Yeah, and especially in the side stories, to be honest. Like... A lot, you you did this in Yakuza 6. This is why this game exists, I think, because they put a lot of this, hey, you need to tail these people and run after people things mm. into Yakuza 6, which you've done then as Kiryu. However, when you're playing as Yagami in this game, it, it just feels a bit weird. It's just, mm. I don't know, it doesn't gel necessarily with the fast pace I generally associate with the gameplay parts of Yakuza which kind of complement the nice drone like dramatic storyline quite well. It's because you know you're going to get to those places quite quickly, but you're going to have a good time getting there and beat some people up. Mm. Also, just the side stories in this one haven't been the Yakuza level of general wackiness that I kind of expected. Like, yes, there's there's your usual, oh, there's a pervert harassing some young girl, go sort him out kind of side quest you get in these general games. But a lot of them feel like the more serious side quests I've done in Yakuza games before. 
there's like uh, I I can't even think of anything off the top of my head because none of them are really that original. There's like there's a girl who's an idol and she her dream is to become a pop star and then oh no there's a seedy underbelly so to far, this, this world. So far, this isn't very and, surprising. Like, none of it really <laughs> is, and there's there's drone racing which is kind of fun. Oh, um, but other than that, like none of the side stuffs really grip me in any meaningful would, way, which is a bit sad. Would you say that? Maybe it's a similar tone tone to the original Yakuza, which I imagine the original Yakuza had to be pretty serious, and I imagine it's got sillier as it's gone on. Is yes, that, that is that is probably fair. Yeah. However, it's just I don't know. I, also, the I think it's got to, it's probably got an objective to be taken seriously yes. because it's a new IP. But at the same time, like some of the storyline stuff is a bit wacky. In okay, a way that kind it, of feels a bit off kilter with the character they're trying to establish. But it's not as wacky. No, definitely nowhere near as wacky, and you don't get you don't get Yagami playing the kind of straight man that Kiryu is a lot. Mm. He kind of he he shifts back and forth in how you kind of perceive him, which I is guess a bit it's weird. Good that it's the same and different. At, you know. Yeah, but because I don't you know. didn't want another Yakuza game, I suppose. You wanted something that was like that, but had a twist on the formula, yeah? Yes, I guess I did. But at the same time, I just don't know if the things they've introduced into this game make it as satisfying as a Yakuza game. Uh, of course, the other one that was a spin-off of the Yakuza franchise was the Fist of the North Star game. Yes. How different was that? Well, I would say the Fist of the North Star game was kind of... It dialed up on the the things I liked about Yakuza. Admittedly, there wasn't necessarily so much in the ways of you walking around a town and engaging in side I stories. I imagine there was a lot of fights. There was tons of fights, and also just like these over-the-top super moves where, you know, you do the... And then people explode. Yeah, That was a lot more fun to me, and I think that... Once you really get into the Fist of the North Star uh, Lost Paradise game, and you get into out into the open world, you're like, oh wow, they're really they're really trying something new here mm. with this franchise. This is really interesting, even though the town itself felt a bit clunky and felt like a very small area. Mm. The areas in between and the big open world seem kind of cool and kind of remind me a bit more of a JRPG. Mm. However, I don't know. Like, I I really like the storyline of Judgment. Okay. And to be honest with you, my advice as Someone who really likes the Yakuza series and really, really resonates with these games usually. And yes, it is still fun for me. I'm still playing 30-odd hours of it because I just like the combat system in that game. I think what they've done with Yagami is kind of cool in that he he clearly has Kiryu's kind of dragon style. Mm. But there's also an ability to switch it up. And there's, I think... I'm just going to double check this. One of them I know is called Tiger Style, uh, which is then more for when you've got fighting individually, which is more like Kiryu's. And then there's a style called Crane Style, which is for fighting groups. And they they differ slightly in that the Dragon Style is very much focused around you just laying people out and doing the stuff that you would generally do as Kiryu in the Yakuza games. Mm. And then, much like they've tried to do with Majima, actually, it's a lot more 
fluid and a lot more robust and like you're bouncing around enemies in a crowd okay. when you're doing these things and some of the the ex charges when you build your meter up are ridiculous because you like you go into an ex move and it's like you punch one dude and then you turn around and you punch another dude and you just yeah. they become these really silly now, vignettes EX, then, what does that sound for extra I have no idea. Extreme. Extreme. It's got to be extreme, as not it? Guess, yeah. to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, combat's combat's good. Um, there's not so much variety in the the ex takedowns, like when you press triangle to like smack someone over the head with a baseball bat or whatever. A lot of them are generally just yagami, like using the object mm. as something you just like smacks. Yeah, them they've with. always been violent games, haven't they? <laughs> There's no but, way around it. But I think in here, honestly, it's slightly toned down. Okay. Because I just remember the beginning of the original Yakuza, you're smashing people's head against the wall, and, you know, it's like... Yeah. I mean, that's it still It set there. the tone straight away, didn't it? That yeah. They've always been a series that revolved around violence. So I guess that hasn't changed here either. Yeah, and so. it's, it's still there. Like, mm. that aspect of it is clearly still part of it. It's still violent. You can't pick up guns, though, like in swords, like you could in the other Kuza games. So you're not, like, stabbing anyone like you <laughs> was. So it's a bit more grounded, because that's often been something people have complained about with the Yakuza series, is that Kiryu's like, I don't kill anyone, I'm different from these people, or yeah, I'm just going to smash you in the face with a motorcycle. It's, you know, it's the Batman thing, right? Yeah. Where Batman's like, I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to drop you off a roof and like probably break your spine, but that's okay, mm. I'm Batman. I think Yagami's more similar, I would say, though, to Akiyama, who's one of the series characters they introduce in 4 and then goes forward. He's a bit more playful, a bit more jovial, like mm. less serious than Kiryu. Well, he's, he's a hero, isn't he? He is, As opposed yeah. to a villain, and Kiryu yes. is sort of on the, the, the Kiryu's the on the cusp, the yeah. Cusp. Whereas, like, Akiyama is like a, a lone shark, essentially. Uh, Yagami in this game is a... Uh, a private detective and mm. that's why a lot of the detective stuff you're doing all in all i i'd say it's pretty solid it's not my favorite entry into this series by a long stretch i do think it kind of sits in the middle rung so i i yeah, would say if, you if you're going to play yakuza game still i would still recommend uh kawami one and two definitely zero actually i think I think zero is becoming my new one to get people to start on. Four, still hands down the best Yakuza game in the okay. series. So three was just the low point. It is. Three and five? Three. See, a lot of people like five. I just think five is a very long game, and it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, for me at least as a Yakuza fan, touch base a lot with the characters I actually cared about. It tries to mm. expand on the stuff they did in four. But it's a lot more methodical and a lot more drawn out. I think that game's like 60 hours or something like that. It, mm. it just feels very long to tell a story like that, which for me, generally, Yakuza games, as long as they're under like 20 hours, 12 being the ideal mark, which is the first and second one. And then, to be honest with you, I think subsequent bits of uh, four are about 12 mark, twelve hours each. I think yeah. it's... I think it's a longer game than the previous ones, but you kind of wrap up a character's arc in about eight to ten hours and then right. it kind of all pays off in and a meaningful six? way how does that compare with six the... is a long game six has got a bit of a weird plot i really like it because of what it does and like a lot of the side story content is really great however i just don't think it's 
I think it's better than five. I don't think it's as good as four. Okay, well there we go. Yeah, well, but they really released... heard it from Matt Boyle, and, the... and uh, you say that uh, Judgment sits in the middle. Uh, Judgment around... sits in the middle. I think Judgment's as six. good as five and six. Okay. Like it, it just doesn't blow me away in the same way that four does, or even the original two games, especially Zero. I think Zero. If I was to recommend that game to anyone, even though it spoils some bits of later games, mm. if you do want to go into the franchise, I do think that Zero is a very good game. And that's the one I'll be starting on proper. Good. Get yeah. into it, Tom Parry. <laughs> It'll spoil you, though, because then I think when you go back and play some of the other games, you'll be like, oh, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Okay. Yeah. But if I'm playing the remakes, like the Kwame... Yeah, then they're, then they're released in the Yakuza 6 engine and they do yeah, a bit more. because by the time I get to 3... Then Kwame will have been re-released. Well, by the I'm time, sure. yeah, by the time you get to three, I'm hoping that remaster will come out, and that's yeah. got a lot of content pasted back in that was taken out of the original Western release. So I'm yeah. hoping the story's a bit more, <sighs> not linear. <laughs> linear is the wrong word. I, I just hope the story makes a lot more sense. There's a lot more impact in some of the the later moments of that game that felt a bit underwhelming, and then I found out that was because they. Big chunks. So we're gonna game. see three, four, and five re-released on PS4. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be digital only. Um, yeah. I think they were in Japan, so probably okay. points to them. And they're not Kiwami kind of level. No, remasters. they're not. No. They're just they're pretty much they're just upraises of the PS3 games. Though to because be honest, because by that you, point, yeah, the the graphical level was pretty. The graphical high. level is pretty high because they're pretty late PS3 games. Yeah. All things considered, and, you know, the PS3 is no slouch when it comes to uh, graphics. No, for sure. <laughs> Still, I mean, still the last generation holds up. I cannot wait to have those games on the PS4 because if everything we've learned about the PS5 is true, then I will just be able to play those in the next generation also and have them all in one place. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, just release Kenzen and Ishen and then we'll be sorted. Mm. This the last two that are over in Japan that we haven't had yet. That'd be great. Yeah. God, blame me, Tom Parry. We're talking about well, Pokemon we, and Yakuza. Yeah, well, they're two of our favourites. I mean, definitely you're more of the Yakuza fan. But yeah. I, I'm certainly a bit of a Pokemon fanatic. So. A Pokemaniac. A Pokemaniac, fantastic, yeah. And that's the game, actually, let's go, that I've been playing the most just recently. I've been dipping in out of other things. Uh, for example... Uh, Yoku's Island Express. Yes, I have that game. I feel it is very good. I haven't got it. It felt to very it. fresh. I played a demo on PS4, then it appeared in a Switch sale, so I got it on the Switch. And it just feels fresh. It's platform pinball game. Yes, exactly. I feel it's. I it's also got like Metroidvania elements to it. Well, you there's a big map yeah. to the area. You know that from the very beginning, and you'll probably have a task like you have to. The first thing you do is you have to find a mushroom. Okay. So you'll kind of. Uh, <laughs> Thrown, be thrown around the level with the various yeah. flippers and and such, and uh, then you have to go back on yourself. So yeah, backtracking yeah. as well. Uh, so yeah, I can see the Metrovania comparison. I actually picked that up game up physically. I was back mm. in the UK. It's very affordable in January, actually. and yeah. it was in the game sale back then for like a tenner for a physical copy. I was like, oh god, I've heard nothing but good things mm. about this game. I'm going to grab it. Yeah, it was a definitely a good pickup. Uh, I've also got the Castlevania collection that was in the sale yeah. as well. I always wait for these Konami collections to go into the sale. Is the Gradius collection in the sale? It was. I don't know if it still is. I got oh. the Gradius collection on PS4 when that was on sale for eleven ninety nine, And this yeah. Castlevania was a similar price. 
do you know what? I haven't actually bought any games this month. Uh, I've been because I've been still playing Judgment. I also got uh, Ace Combat out of the library, which I'll talk about in a second. Yeah, but I'm I, very intrigued about the new Ace Combat. I haven't. I went through the PS4 sale earlier, and there's nothing that really caught my no, eye. No, that that particular sale, which is considered the summer sale, yeah. it's on at the moment. That for me personally, I'd already got the games I wanted from that yeah. sale, so there wasn't really anything That's fair. That, that, that took my fancy. So, the other game I picked up, was, oh, shucks, I can't remember what it's called now, uh, No Need for Breaks or something, it's a okay. top-down, micro-machine style oh, of course. racing game that was dirt cheap, we're probably only talking a couple of pounds on the store. Was it any good though? It was okay. It was better than some. Okay. Uh, it wasn't enough to make me go back to it after initially playing it for ten minutes. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. <laughs> but I will, I will uh, check it out again. I think that Castlevania collection is great value. I played Bloodlines for the first time the other day, and yeah, that that's it. Feels like a Mega Drive game, which is nice because obviously it's got that style of graphics mm-hmm. and sound and such. Uh, but it still is very much Castlevania. And, I wonder if yeah. the cost of Bloodlines has now come down since the re-release of this, because that was getting to be quite a pricey Mega Drive game. Yeah, I mean, if you aren't going to pick up this version, you can always get the Mega Drive Mini, which will have Bloodlines on as well. Yeah. What I'm going to do with that, I think, is get the Japanese version of the I Mini. I was thinking about doing the same thing. Because when, when's it out? September the 19th, Well, I fortunately think. for you, you'll have a friend in Japan in January. Uh, in October, sorry. Oh, so. Oh, yes. Well, I was thinking about importing it, but if, if it's well, possible for you to yes. pick me one up. Maybe. Also, if you could find that stack, that plastic stack of things you can attach to it. I didn't realize there was a plastic stack. You can of get things. a mini Mega CD. It doesn't do anything. Oh, really? Mini 32X, you... mini uh, Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, which you put a mini Sonic the Hedgehog cartridge in. Are you kidding uh, me? No, I'm not. This is available on Amazon because I was going to buy it, and it turned out to be £150 with. Uh, taxes and shipping and i thought no, no i won't do that way. that's a bit too much but oh then oh my god how are they so self-aware of that that's amazing <laughs> and i could literally just stick that next to my mega drive setup because i have all the add-ons and everything and have the miniaturized version there next to oh my, my proper one. god that's so good yeah so good but only japan's getting that also japan have two versions of the mega drive mini they have a regular one with one pad and the one that's got two pads in it that would be the one i'd want to get makes okay. more sense it's a six button pad in japan and it's uh did is a is the difference in the european slash american and japanese one that it's a mega drive one versus a mega drive two or is no it... no they're all mega drive ones ah, they're styled okay. for well, the region well of course because they need to sell you more games later when they release a mega drive <laughs> two i guess uh but it has got a lot of games on it the japanese one has uh yu hacker show yes it? it does game that game mm-hmm. uh even on import is hundreds of pounds hundreds yep. over 100 pounds to buy a proper cartridge yes. of. so that would be a great game to get because that's pretty much the only game that they're releasing on this Mega Drive Mini that I don't already have another way of playing because I already have Tetris thanks to you yeah uh the only other one would be Darius this reworked version of Darius do you have Musha yes on the Wii oh of course Uh, virtual console oh I someone told me some wonderful ways to get um into the back end of a Wii that may... The back end of a Wii? That the sounds filthy. The back end of a Wii, um, <laughs> which may 
finally allow me to cover that bloody Castlevania game, but we'll see. Oh, I have that game. I know you do, Tom. But, but you don't. I and don't. And you I need the physical console here to actually play it, don't I you? I do, yeah. So that would be my Wii U nowadays. I know. Because, of course, if you choose to copy everything over, it's now That's on that. on the Wii U, yeah. yeah. And well, not on the other. Well, well, so it goes. Yeah, Mega Drive Mini, cool. Yeah, I and like that idea. I having all that ridiculous yeah. stuff especially with like a little japanese uh, sonic one cartridge yeah and you top. know it's gonna be quality because it's m2 and everything m2 does is of a high level so i think it's one of the things you can pre-order and feel kind of safe about pre-ordering it yeah it's nuts it's gonna be good whereas i'm not sure what to what to say about the turbo graphics because i've never had a turbo graphics or a did, pc did engine one? no i've never no, did you buy the Turbo Graphics Mini? No, because I'm not sure how good it's going to be yet. Mm, that's fair. This is the thing. It's uh, hundred pounds, I think. I think so. Um, and of course, there's a lot of games on there. A lot also of them, Japanese, strangely, though. are Japanese. So they're not changing. Sorry, pardon. <laughs> the games up. No. Across regions, they are changing the console design. They're releasing the as a well appeared in the UK, the Europe, and yeah. US, and Japan, because. Um, it's Turbo Graphics in in America, isn't it? And yes. it's the PC Engine, and then it's yeah in both Europe and Japan. I forget. Um, uh, yeah, it came out years of PC Engine as well. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued because it's a console I've never owned. If I was going to get any of these mini consoles, it would be the most yeah sensible one to get. However, it depends on the hardware, right? Because it I depends mean, if the, place... the emulation is any good, and we don't know who's handling that or no. if these games are going to be presented in the best possible way. No, and exactly. when you're paying a hundred pounds, maybe just emulate them. Well, that's I don't the thing. Know. It's just like you can just get a Raspberry Pi for a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, and set I, that up. I'm waiting until reviews we hear hit. reviews. It's the same with the Capcom arcade stick. Who knows if that's exactly gonna if that's going to be any good um, or it's going to have its well, flaws when that's £200. The, the fact of the matter is, it's a giant Capcom logo. So You didn't like that about it. I, I think thought that was ridiculous. super cool. I bet you did. I like the Capcom logo and my favourite colours are yellow and blue. Yeah, so. but I mean, <laughs> do you need a giant Capcom logo to express yeah, that? Yeah, and when you're not playing it, you hang it on your wall. There you go. <laughs> I liked it so much, I hung it on my wall. <laughs> Sorry, that Ringo Starr, yeah. Yeah, it's a Simpsons reference, sorry. Um I I don't know, man. I I have a, a PC engine upstairs. I've I've not really dabbled with it that much mm. just because the games I got weren't very good. The most frustrating thing is Snatcher is in on it in, in Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that's just infuriating. Well, to me, to be honest with you, the fact that they are including Snatcher in this collection at all. Mm. Maybe tells me that hopefully we can see a localization of that at some point because I mean they're doing the work to get it running on there and admittedly it's probably just them using a ROM. However, if they've gone into the the proper things to license it, I know it is Konami putting out this thing, the box itself. Yeah. But maybe that leads hope to them clearing up the licensing things enough to put it on this that it could theoretically come out. I think they'd sell a few more if they translated. Snatcher, but I know translating a game like that is an but, undertaking. Yeah, but this is the thing, right? That version of Snatcher is a different version to the yeah. Mega CD one. Yeah. Therefore, that translation doesn't exist. Why? No. That's why it's a Japanese version. Yeah. However, the Mega CD one, hopefully, will make its way to consoles. But at then some again, point. yeah, Sonic CD did. 
Yeah. A mega CD, it's like an example of a mega CD game that got re-released. So, I mean, God, Luna, uh, Silver Star Story, and all the rest of that franchise, like Eternal Blue, have been re-released about four or five times it's, now. Yeah, they're just these few games that have never been re-released. Also, Metal Gear Twin Snakes is another one that's, that's never a, been re-released. That's a weird game, though. I, I yeah. can kind of see why that one hasn't been re-released. I don't, you know, it wasn't... Does Nintendo own some sort of rights to it? Probably, but I Silicon also... Silicon Knights made it, and they're yeah, no longer They're about. no longer around. It's also the fact Konami that I don't think Konami were particularly happy with it because it wasn't made by them. And it's so, different from original Metal Gear. Uh, it uses what looks like the Metal Gear Solid 2 yeah, engine it is. to run it. Uh, the cutscenes are slightly different. They're a little bit more over the top, from what I remember. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Metal Gear fan, I think it's probably of great interest to you. I used to own it. I do. And I got rid of it because I'm, I'm not particularly a fan of Metal Gear. I yeah. can take it or leave it, but... I know there are hardcore Metal Gear fans out there. That... I bought it. I still haven't got around to playing it, to be honest. I and keep I, meaning to. I really should. I really should get into Metal Gear because the parts I've played, I have been very impressed by. It's a very fun franchise. However, speaking of things that are... Um you should maybe get into while we're on this topic. It's just coming to the top of my head. Um, they are ceasing the production of Frame Meisters. Oh. Um, so essentially what they're saying is that the as emulation has become more popular and as people have started re- releasing mini consoles, uh, they've seen it hit their market and therefore they're not going to be making that many Frame Meisters anymore. And so Does that the, mean they're going to get cheaper? The batch that Solaris Japan has now is the last batch of Frame Meisters, which probably indicates to me they're going to get a hell of a lot more expensive. Oh, more expensive? Because oh. you will not be able to buy anything like this that does it. Yes, there are other upscalers on the market. Yes, you can get things now that mod a console. However, mm. this piece of hardware is... But won't someone else has come along and make another... That's similar. Potentially. It could also be a suggestion that maybe that this company's going to make another one and it's going to be better. Yeah, However, that's it, isn't it? And it's a lot of money to how much is a frame list? I think it cost me like 200 quid. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, and you think about, actually, because I've bought H- Hyperkin's HD versions of Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, NES. Yeah. And they've been, actually, one of them was 20 quid, the other two about 50 quid each. So that's 120 quid. Yeah. I mean, also, you were just talking about spending... Potentially a hundred quid on little bits to go into a Mega Drive that don't do anything for the whole yeah. package. Yeah, it, it, that was where I drew the line. I wasn't going to do that. But That's if you fair. say you're going to Japan, yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Maybe you can help me with that. Yeah, I picked up one of the games on that Mega Drive Mini actually because one of the games I didn't have that I wanted to play. And it's Alicia Dragoon, is it? Yeah, uh, which is a Mega Drive game. People always harp on about yes. being pretty good. I got a loose cartridge for a tenner. That can't good. be bad. I think boxed complete about 50 quid yeah so that's the another game that i've checked off that don't need to buy the mega drive mini for so i haven't to be honest with you i haven't really bought many games in general like even beyond. i've been going a bit nuts with it matt <sighs> uh, I, I, ps2 games that you know you touched on it earlier yeah i bought about five more ps2 games recently 2d not 2d sorry 3d platformers okay as a fan of the genre there were a few that i didn't have oh, like gift yeah you know gift yes i do yeah. <laughs> um i can tell you from experience of playing gift games watch, on yeah, nintendo ga- handhelds yeah. that they're awful yeah well, i watched a review of the gift game and it was very cheap i also got a uh, matrix path of neo okay Wilson gromit uh where rabbit because the where yeah. rabbit 
another 3D platformer that I can't think for life of me now actually what it was. But these are PS2 games that I didn't have and were of genres that I do like. And I, then you're getting that weird thing where you, oh yeah, I haven't got this one. I've got most of them, most of the 3D platforms on PS2. But I haven't got these. Or t- Malice I picked up. Yeah. Which was on Xbox as well. Yeah. Which is a pretty much by the numbers platform of what it's not necessarily bad it's just no. a bit bland bland so these these games are dirt cheap but they are more ps2 games to add to an ever-growing ps2 game collection yeah um yeah you have no more room for ps2 games you're aware of yeah that, i've right? added about yeah so it's five more ps2 games to my collection yeah oh, man like so, uh, the thing was right. I I was actually featured, and I'm in the magazine at the moment. I was in. Oh, what? uh What's this? Retro Gamer magazine again. Uh, they're doing a thirtieth year, thirtieth uh, anniversary of the Game Boy feature, and so they asked me if I could take a picture of my collection to be featured in there and talk about why I think oh, the Game Boy is an important you, console. You're so famous. And so I did that. And in doing that, I was like, okay, well, the way my games room was set out was very much. My Game Boy stuff was scattered around the room, so I had... You had to do something about it. A nice wall with the, the signage up and the uh, the original Game Boy consoles oh. in my pockets. We should post some photos on our Twitter or something. Yeah, the, we should. I think that would be nice for people to see. Yeah, we can have a look. Um, and then I had my Game Boy games in one Ikea cabinet down the side, but then next to that was all of my PS2 games and my Xbox 360 games and a few other bits because that's the bigger shelf and that was the biggest wall I had to put it on. And then my Game Boy Advance stuff was over the other side. And I was mm. like, well, I should make this look presentable for this photograph. And so I took all the Game Boy Advance games I had, put them on the shelves the PS2 and the Xbox games were on, and then put the SPs in front yeah. of the Game Boy Advance games. And then I actually looked at it, and I was like, oh, actually, this looks a lot better. It looks a bit more tidy. And so yeah. I thought, well, I should tidy. move some of the PS2 stuff over to the other wall onto the smaller shelf. And then it got me through the process of actually sorting through a lot of those games. Yeah. I skimmed about 100 games, I think, I off of my PS2 collection. I don't think collection. I could imagine doing that myself. Fortunately for me, a lot of them are Phoenix games, and so I had no animosity of going, mm. okay, this game's worth a ridiculous amount of I did think you were mad when you were buying all <laughs> Well, I mean, I wasn't... It was a collecting thing again, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was like you had so many, oh, I might as well get the rest of yeah, them. Yeah, but it was also just like me buying them because they were... They were naff all over here. They were like two or three quid for really terrible games. But elsewhere, people collect them. Yeah, but people were collecting them, and they were worth a bit of money. Also, it was quite fun to make you play things like Extreme Quads. Oh, yeah. At at the time, when we were doing the few videos, uh, Tom and Matt attempt, uh, the Phoenix games were the ones we'd always look forward to the most. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's also the... um, What's it called? The racing one. The racing Extreme Quads. No, the other racing one. The the, the sort of like Micro Machines with miniature cars. Oh, I can't even uh, remember what that was called. I remember playing Dead Eye Jim, and that was one I actually Ah, that's a good one. That's a good game. I have Dead Eye Jim also. Yes. We'd recommend that. I would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I I have tons and tons of Phoenix games. I've got things like Iron Chef and uh, Krabby. God, what's it even called? Um... I've got Phoenix games that are worth quite a bit of money now, and I was like, okay, I'm going to sort out this stuff and maybe yeah. just see if I can get rid of it in a lot because well, there must be someone out there who's insane enough to collect Phoenix games. some Phoenix games which are, say, Japanese games that have been released over here. Is that right or not? Um, sometimes you get this where the budget range. 
Yes. And they re-released a game which is actually pretty good that wouldn't have seen a release outside of Japan otherwise. Yes, and there are one or two of those. Yeah. However, Phoenix was essentially set up to release games that were just like cobbled together quickly in a day. So they were very much whatever Flash game was big at the time. So like Bejeweled. Mm. There was very bad rip-offs of Bejeweled that were made with no love or affection. Or also Phoenix made interactive DVDs mm. that were rip-offs of like The Lion King oh, and yeah. other Disney oh, know, classics. And so there are Phoenix games, which are essentially these interactive DVDs they made just on a PS2 disc instead. And they, they're they awful. They're terrible, terrible animation Well, I don't quality. blame you for getting rid of them. Yeah, then, uh, so that's uh, happening. That, so um, are you going to sell them as a whole collection? You're gonna say, I'm going to uh, try to. That would be cool. I mean, I, it's a, I think I've got about 50% of them. I haven't got everything, but I've got some of the ones that are worth quite a lot of money other than things like Saint and Sinner, which were only released in Italy and are quite expensive. But I've got most of the... The bigger, Massive more sought after ones. Job lot. Like Jello, and oh, it's just so much. They're really bad games. I don't get why they're worth so, so much well, money. So, when there's so many games on the PS2 already, and if you're a fan of the console, you probably have a lot of games, then you don't need Phoenix games taking up valuable <sighs> shelf space, well, I, mean, I don't think. A, there are people who are clearly going for a full collection of PS2 games, which is admirable, I, but also bonkers. Admirable, but yeah, kind of crazy, yeah, but, I would say. Well, I mean, you know, if you've got the space for it, if you've got the time and the patience, why not? I mean, PS2 uh, games are very cheap. Yeah, but also inconsistent in their quality. Yes. You know, there are hundreds of quality games, but not thousands. But I also <laughs> think that's the thing, right, is there are so many quality games. However, most of those games, unless you're talking things like JRPGs, perhaps, uh, mm. also survival horrors, mm. Those games are printed in the tens of thousands. Therefore, something like Beyond Good and Evil, yeah, it sells for about a fiver. Mm. Or you have, I don't know, like Klonoa. If you want to collect games, it's probably the most affordable console to Absolutely. collect Absolutely. I mean, yeah. especially at the moment where it's still in flea markets. Or the Wii still U. Readily available. <laughs> no, the Wii U is very expensive. No, now. is it? I thought they're still getting rid of those games. Like CX sell them cheap nowadays. Okay. Wii U, it's not... Seems things aren't holding their value okay. anymore. That's good, at least, because yeah. there was one or two games I still wanted to get for mm. the Wii U. That they I hold their value here in Denmark. With, well, when, I mean, you, when you have GameStop as you, one of your yeah, few options. Yeah, but I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? CEX is more market-driven, and therefore mm. if people are selling their Wii U stuff now to get a Switch, then they don't care. Because nobody gonna... really cares about Wii U, especially, I guess, since a lot of the games have been re-released on Switch. Yeah. Is that why get the Wii U one? Exactly. I, to be honest with you, I went to it's a cheaper. Big, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I went to a market recently. The big one I go to every year, where I, in the past, I bought all those NES rental games and an mm. N64 with like mm. twenty games for a hundred kroner. And but this year there wasn't really much there. I picked up a few Game Boy games. I got you an Alf keyring. Oh, I was wonderful. expecting, to be honest with you, to see more Wii U stuff because generally speaking. When a new console is released, it takes like a year or two, and then you start seeing people trade it in. But there was no one with Wii U stuff, which makes yeah. me think just no one bought a Wii U in Denmark. <sighs> I remember hearing someone overhearing someone say recently that the only console they had was the Wii U. Really? Yeah. Who was that? I don't know who it was. Someone in Denmark. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I've just got a Wii U. My girlfriend's got a Wii U. Yeah. Okay, well, we I mean, you know. Mario Kart. Play Mario Kart. <laughs> hey, if that's all you need, then Wii U's got you covered. You can also yeah. play some Woolly World Wii together U. as a couple. Wii U! <laughs> um, no, that's how it is. There just wasn't that much around, which is a bit of a shame. 
But mm. there we go. You've gone off on a tangent, Tom Barry. You've been playing no, anything I, else? Uh, not been playing so much. The usual Soul Calibur, yeah. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Fair enough. Uh, that map on Modern Warfare, the small one with the uh, containers. Yeah. Gee, that's a nightmare. Yeah. It's chaos. You know, you know the one. Yeah, I, yeah, I know the one you're on, on about. I generally, when I 4? played that game in Call of Duty Four, people put special rooms so you only could knife people. Oh right, yeah, that like makes that. more sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do tend to stick to a lot of the same games. <laughs> I've also played that game actually with rocket launchers only. Oh, so you could only use that's ca- especially when you got uh, enemy UAVs yeah. incoming, and it's just that you see, you respawn and die immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, still, something's got to be said about Call of Duty still being the first-person shooter franchise. I keep coming back to. I've been meaning to get back into Apex now that Season mm. 2's launched. Uh, this new character looks quite interesting with their ability to set up like force fields and things. Mm. So I'm having a time, man. Honestly, no. like my, my gaming time is going slowly down and down. And it's like, well, I'd rather play something like Judgment that I admittedly okay. I'm enjoying, but not as enjoying yeah. it as much as I could. I should play God of War. You should. Um, <laughs> I was... In- but then again, I, I talked about this. I'm Fist not... and got a war, and just bought Spider Man because it was on sale. Uh, see, oh, I've got man. I've got Judgment now. I really, really want to buy Dragon Quest Builders two because I really enjoyed the first game. However, I'm aware that come September, you've got Catherine, you've got the new Link's Awakening uh, remake, Mega Drive Mini, Mega Drive Mini, <laughs> and then month after that, you've got Death Stranding. So I'm oh, just like, oh my. no, Pokemon November. Oh god, Pokemon November. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to Japan, so it's like, I don't want to really buy anything here because I can just get... I I, th- I think I'm going to be a bit more controlled this time in Japan than I was last time. I think there's very few Game Boy games that I feel that I really need that are Japan only. Okay. I think I've got most of them at this point. So let's see. I mean, I, I'm still going to go into like every book off and hard off I find, and as soon as I see... A copy of whatever for nine hundred yen, which is less than a quid. I'm gonna go on, go on them. I'll go on them. I'll well, yeah, that, that that is because we are who we are, Matthew. Exactly, <laughs> that is it. You're passionate about video yeah. games to the end. Exactly, right. I I, I picked up uh, Rocking Cats. Did you pick up Rocking Cats? Rocking you, Cats you on the it, NES. Did you get it after your Pokemon tournament? I got it while I was waiting for the Pokemon oh, tournament to start. God. It was still there. 350 krona, that's about 42 pounds. I say this to you in the nicest possible way, Tom Parry, that game's been there for about two years. game's been there since you've lived in Denmark. Isn't that amazing? You. No one's interested. The, the guy who yeah. sold it to me, he was looking at it going, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he did, that's his impression of the game. He just shrugged his shoulder. Hey. Rocking cats. I, I think that that particular store is not so much focused on retro games as when it opened, just because no. it's hard to get them in. Yeah. I also think Aarhus is a city full of retro game collectors and it's probably pretty tapped out and they're not they're not selling it to a store because they know they can and sell it. I have them a feeling that Rocking Cats was probably there's probably more copies around in in Scandinavia yeah. than they're definitely because you you go on eBay, yeah. You can't find any in the UK. No. Um, Same as separation anxiety though, yeah. man. Like People would people were turning their nose up at me when I was trying to sell that game for a, about a hundred quid year and going like, oh, I can get it cheaper. And I'm like, good fucking luck, because now it's a four hundred pound game. Yeah, <laughs> Rocking Cats, I think, is on the eBay about fifty pounds. Yeah, but that's usually you have to pay shipping on that because yeah, yeah. there aren't in, any it's in the UK coming or from being Europe, sold. Yeah. Um, there, I'm sure there's plenty in the UK, but people aren't actively selling the game no. uh, at the moment. Doesn't seem. So yeah, I, I think it looks like a good game. I, I wasn't sure about it the first time I saw it, 
there be- i had to refresh my memory and watch some gameplay of it and mm-hmm. it looks like a good fun platform yeah so no doubt i'm pretty happy with that i may actually go pick up my little portable gaming device over there and have a look at it in the moment once we wrap oh, up this podcast yeah however um i just want to say i'm not going to talk about it too much i'll talk about it in the next podcast because i only played about half hour is combat seven oh yes. mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah pretty good first impression um, I what I will say is it feels very much like an ace combat game. The combat feels very tight. You can do quick turns and all these other things. I I do miss the ability in ace combat. I don't know if you'll let me do it later, but to do like barrel rolls and quick turns and stuff. It's that been I'm a long to. time since I played. The, what, the one I played was three. Yeah, Electrosphere on the yes. PS One. Yeah. No, I, I've played I've played a bit of the ones on the on the three sixty yes. when they first came. That's ace combat. Five, four, four, five, six, and zero. I think that many on the Xbox. Yes. I thought there was only one on. No, there are a ton. What of about them. Assault Horizon? Assault Horizon is Remember the zero one? one. Is that the zero? Yeah. All right, and that's also on the three DS. Yeah, Remember it Assault is. Oh, there's also yeah. a DS one I learned as well. Oh. Um. But yeah, it it seems pretty good. I I really enjoyed what I played a bit. Ace Combat 6 is the last one I played, which is... 6 uh, is on the 360, 5 was on the PS2. Yeah, I think there's a lot of 4 and 5 are on PS2. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Maybe there's more on the PS2 than I'm thinking of. The Belkin War was another one. There's uh, Joint Assault on the uh, PSP, I think it was called. Yeah. This is peak Tom Parry's game retail time, isn't it? Like when you were... You were working in stores. And I remember you know all the said. Ace Combat games. Don't much. blame you, Tom Parry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but from what I've played so far, it seems like a good game. To be honest with you, the thing that blew me away is I would watch. I would tell you to watch the introduction, like the to the story of that game. Mm. It is so cool, like in its mm. shots. And to be honest with you, it kind of shows that the game is on a budget because there's a lot of still images. Okay. But a lot of still images. still images that are really cool and really emotive, and it's talking about this girl called Avi. uh, I didn't even know we had a a story. Uh, They've always had story modes, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, this the story is telling of this girl who built a plane with her grandfather after Mm. the end of the war at the sixth one. Yeah, it's such a cool thing, but I don't even think she's a main character because you're not playing as her, or at least it doesn't seem like you're playing as her when I'm flying at the moment. Yeah, and so for it to be a really cool emotive introduction and then just be like oh yeah you're flying a plane like you do in various combat games where they're talking about like, oh, wars wars bad we yeah. shouldn't harm civilians but what if we shoot the planes down over their houses oh war is bad yeah it's that typical like kind of gundam there's yeah. gray areas to war who's good and bad guys sure story's kind of interesting it's essentially two rival nations i can't remember the names because they're both very similar um, they're at peace no, after the re- end. Real world? Is it real world? No, it's it, no. real world places. Is this not the it, one? It's the bloody what do you call it? Um, oh, it's got a name. There, it's essentially like a reimagined, uh, strange real, isn't it? No, that's what it's called. I'm pretty sure that's the name it's of their kind like of fictional. Real. Is it kind of real? But not I'm quite. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's called the strange real. I need to Google this. Um. Yeah, Strange Real is the name of an alternate universe. Uh, where is it? Str- Strange Real is the name of an alternate universe in which most X combat games take place. Strange Real oh, is right. almost identical to our real universe, but its version of Earth features entirely different landmasses and historical events. Wow. 
yeah so like it, it the map is kind of looks similar to europe but there isn't at the same time and yeah there's there's warring factions there's going a on. deep lore to ace combat there is which is why i wanted to play most of the other games to be honest yeah. with you, to try and get a feel for how the war has gone out uh so you're playing you're playing for a country called Yushon. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly because alas I'm playing it with Japanese pronunciation and subs. So it's Yushon is the continent you are working with and then there's a kingdom called Gebelrock. Eurasia uh Eurasia which clearly is like Europe mm. and um yeah they invade you Sean and with drones, no less. Tom oh, Parry, drones, yes. and again, so more drones, more drones. You're shooting them drones, and then they're very hard to fight because they're unmanned, and so they're really quick and maneuverable. Sure. But they're very powerful. <gasps> War is hell, Tom Parry, as they say. But yeah, so in all fairness, first impressions are really cool. I would check yeah, everyone, yeah. tell everyone to check out that introduction because I think okay. it's really, really well, well done. I've been waiting for it to come down. Because it's kept its value for a while now. It has, so but it's combat games it, tend to. When it drops, I'll. It's very happy it that they got it in the library. I also yeah. tried to play the VR mode a little bit before you arrived. Yeah, it made me no, feel very sick. Even so. the description of Ace Combat and VR is enough to make me realize that I would not want to play that. There are three missions. Apparently, they're about 10 minutes each. I couldn't even finish the first one, so there we go. I, I couldn't quite. I thought it was cool that the one on Star Wars Battlefront, the X Wing mission yeah. you can play in VR, is. Is good, but yeah, after a little while, I feel. I I was the same. I think it was really cool and really immersive. However, it's also significantly in a lower resolution Mm. than the the rest of the game. So, anywho, uh, let's wrap it up, Tom Parry, uh, because I got places to go and Pokemon to thwart. Yeah, um, if you'd like the podcast, uh, let us know. Uh, let us know if you've been missing us. We apologise again for being away for so long. I yeah, I mean, end. I've also been... We've both been very busy lately and just haven't been able to find the time to record one. Yeah, to be honest um, with you... We don't you... intend to not record one because no, we like exactly. doing it. Exactly. So that's not changed. It's just sometimes you get busy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's how it goes. This, much like I haven't done a thing of Game Boy, it's just been way, way too busy recently. And yeah. just feeling the time to sit down and devote, God, I don't know how long it usually takes me to do a Game Boy, like maybe like 20 hours sometimes, like depending on the length of the game. Like, just having at the time. So check out Matt's Game Boy videos. Well, I mean, you know. Give, the, give them a like. Give them a like. Give us a cheeky give rate and subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to do that for this podcast, you can do so in a variety of places. You can say hi to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Tack. You can do it on Twitter at TMACast. You can find... Uh, Tom Parry and I respectively there also. Tom Parry at Tom Parry 11 and myself at Game Boyle. I admit I'm not checking my Twitter as often as I used to. So if I do not reply straight away, I apologize. I check my Twitter. So if you want Matt. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, nudge Tom and I'll get back to you. No, I, I've been I've been trying to use social media less just because it's taken up a lot of my time or it was. So I check I say it I use my now. Twitter. I don't actually tweet much no. but i do look at it you browse so, um... yeah um other than that you can find us on um tomomatattack.com forward slash podcast on blastprocess.com and iTunes. also in itunes and stitcher well there why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe let us know you're listening 
Tom Parry, are you doing anything for Blast Process now that you will be leaving will us be. and going I, back? I'm back in the UK uh, next week. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on Blast Process because I've got lots of ideas for videos, uh, some unboxings uh, for sure. Because i got that Samurai Showdown game to unbox, the limited Ooh, picks and love edition. Yeah. I have some interesting Japanese imports I can share. Cool so. in the gang. Look forward to seeing mm. them. Okay, and from me, hopefully... Uh, after next week, I will be less busy. I, I say this touching wood and with no promises, but if I do, then I will start to edit some of the Game Boy stuff that I've got on the back burner. I've I've played about four or five games, so I've got footage of quite a lot of things. Uh, that includes all of the stuff I was going to do for May Forward. I've also got the Godzilla-kun game for the Game Boy. Mm. And I also finally am thinking about doing a video on Tetris. Okay. So, if not, I'll do one on Metroid, because it's going to be one of those two. Anyways, okay, um, we will love you and leave you then. What do we always say at the end of these podcasts, Tom Parry? Game on. That we do. See you, folks. Bye. Bye.